So but how can you develop it if you don't develop it? Exactly. <laughs> if you're just told to prance around in the corner and fuck Yeah. Prancing and busting your knee, I don't know. <laughs> They're totally go together. But it's I don't... a unicorn outfit for some reason. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But quite often you don't know yet. I think quite so, especially because quite often it's uh, the young dancer and the experienced person in charge, whoever that is. There is a level of ignorance and naivety to the invincibility of your own. Oh yeah. That means that you should be responsible to the things that you're hearing, but you should also, yeah, that's where the shared responsibility comes yeah. from because you're not yet able to be responsible because you cannot respond to the things yeah. that you're not yet sensitive to. Yeah, but I guess that I also just mean that you don't want to um, be. Yeah, you don't want the dancers to be in a position where they feel like they can't speak up, mm-hmm. which I do think is often. I've never had that. <laughs> Personally, that's what I like for cool people. But you never had the problem where you felt like you couldn't speak up. Ah, no. Yeah, I thought maybe you were saying that you've never had the problem with speaking up. (laughs) No, all the time, but not if I'm if I'm like speaking up about what. Do you think though that you ever? Because I sometimes wonder if an over awareness leads to an invention. Like, an, mm. like if I'm if I'm like not making up stories that people are going to attack me or something like that. If, if I'm not aware of my own anxiety, but you become aware of my anxiety before I become aware of it, and you start responding to it, mm-hmm. then does, does that invent it or cement it? And I only wonder about that in relationship to so many other people in my life that are more sensitive than me, and they've responded to something before I even notice it happening. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think sometimes, I think sometimes, if you're very sensitive, you're like, you can pick up on stuff, and then other times you can really overshoot it. Yeah, but I think that even about like, Dude's trying to start fights. Like I'm so oblivious to a guy that's looking for a fight that I'm not aware that my uh, masculinity is being challenged in the first place. <laughs> Whereas if you're sensitive and aware, and you pick up that you are being challenged, and then you meet it, yeah, then then the thing happens that it never needed to happen, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> but then I feel like. The role of the creator or sculptor or the director, whoever's making the thing that's going to be put in front of people, yeah. their role is to be sensitive to the mm. thing that they're sculpting. Yeah, to the thing that they're sculpting. But I think myself and a lot of people I work with, if you are quite a sensitive person, like then people managing, like there's definitely times when you have to go, oh, okay, how do I? fix that dynamic yeah. and other times where you have to go 
you guys got to sort that out, mm -hmm. and you got to just plow through with what needs to be happening. Because sometimes I'll say that that uh, sticky mm -hmm. dynamic is what makes, in the end, the project yeah. good because people aren't like. Yay, happy times, <laughs> and they're not then talking about it, just like, yeah, high five, that was yeah, tops. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it was tops. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was um, James Brown, I was reading his biography at some point, okay, yeah. and he, there was a mention about how if there's no friction, there's no heat, mm -hmm. and to have just enough friction that you're not starting a fire. <laughs> And you're not burning the place down, yeah, yeah. but that there's some sparks going on, which for me is like actually just about chemistry rather than about competition oh, and yeah. anxiety. And I think like yeah. the shortcut, old school way that people used to like codify undermining dancers' mental health and self worth and shit, so that they could leverage the power of their own anxiety. <laughs> Whereas I, I like to believe, but who knows, because I haven't really walked this talk. Or well, I have a little bit, but I haven't reached that level of um, success that is quantified in the same way that the other mob are. That if you're smart enough, you don't need to rely on those archaic anxiety leveraging. But like you can still work with whole people and produce great work rather than needing to break them down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it just comes down to the interest of are you actually mm. interested in the whole person, mm. which I think you and I are and yeah. the people we've worked for. That yeah. Together, or the if you're trying to make something that has these like broken people in it as characters, do you need to then break your performers so that you can bring them out because you don't know how to do it any other way. Yeah. Well, that comes from, I think, being really safe. Mm. Um, and I'm lucky enough to have been always quite safe. So then I feel like I can go quite extreme. And, and I mean, all of, you know, some people like to go, oh, I'm playing a role, that's not me. Uh -huh. Or other people, which I'm one of these people, more is like everything is in. Me. Yeah, this if, is... if someone is capable of that on the planet, yeah. whatever that be, that is in me. Mm. I just choose to allow it or not. Mm -hmm. And I, mm -hmm. as a performer, I can let that. Do you think that out, plays a massive role in your level of empathy? Um, Daily life. Yeah. Because you're like, you read fucked up stories, and you're like, I would never do that. But if you're operating from this uh, place of like everything that everybody does could have been channeled through what I have come to believe is my self-identity. Yeah, it's, I think it's just, it's a series of circumstances and choices that mm -hmm. like we all start the from same. From a vagina. From a vagina. Emerging into this world. to watching dinosaur train. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's something that's more just since I've had Sam that I have that mm. feeling to, you know. Just that you see the the circumstantial everything every everything and it's his choice I don't have power over it really I mean what I expose him yeah. to but even though I was like that's our nature kid and like here's the trees here's the smell the flowers and he's just like rrr, 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 give me the motorbikes you know like oh. 
okay, maybe if I'd gotten really into like showing him cars, he would have been into the opposite. But you know what I mean? Like, we're on our, we're all on our own at our own time. Here you go. What do you think? Might be hot. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Snap for kings. Throw mm. it together. Mm. But, but do you think that? Do you think that? What's your kind of view on that body? The body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the body. No, like, do you think you're capable? Like, what do you think about that story? There's a movie called Trading Places with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> awesome. And there's these two old dudes that are like, you know, in the Muppets, there's like two yes. old white dudes that yell shit from the yeah, balconies. Yeah. Okay, there's them as, as some of the other main characters, and they run this. No, the real Muppets in the movie? No, just like that. Okay. Just like that. <laughs> Sorry. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, and they run a futures trading investment firm uh-huh. in Wall Street. And they have a bet about nature versus nurture. And it's a one dollar bet, because they're multi-billionaires, they don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, and they're brothers. And they go through a series of things where they fire one of their top investors that works for them and bankrupt him to put him onto the street. And then they get Eddie Murphy, who is living on the street, and through a series of arranged events, get him to become one of their top investors. <clears throat> um, and he does really well. Uh, but there's another... There's another film that goes into it very well <clears throat> that I can't remember at the moment. My... I have... I think that I would be much more emotionally and physically and mentally stunted in my personal growth if I had not danced. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I, I think I would have been... Flat part of, you know, where I think I think I would have been hidden from myself. Actually, there, like, yeah. there would be a distance between yeah. me and myself uh, if I had not had to take that first step where you realise, where you go into an entirely new environment. For me, it was um, Darwin to Melbourne, truck yard to dance training college. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, then, and then you realise that there's some things that you have... <laughs> There's some things that you have to do so that you can do the things that you want to do, and then you do, and then you realise that all that you can be that person, and you have before been that person. Mm. Um, which means from then on, that's like that's the epiphany to know that every situation will have space for a particular type of person, mm. and it's not about whether you have the capacity for that as much as it's about whether it sits within your moral framework to bend to that. Joshua mm. Thompson, mm-hmm. if you don't bend, you break. One of his favourite sayings. Yeah. Which 
on my more like righteous Braveheart days, I'm like, no, nah, this is breaking point. This is where you draw the line. Yeah. But then on other days, you're like, well, I only feel that way now because of what's led to this. And then if I can get over that for 10 minutes or 10 years, I won't feel that way. Yeah. And it's also... It's everything, and it, 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 everything is a contradiction. That's my biggest thing. Like, mm. So, yeah, totally when you say, yes, one minute, no. Yeah. Or in this situation, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this situation, exactly the same. Yeah. Okay, yeah, bend a little. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or backlash. But there's also this discussion going on with artificial intelligence. If, that, if it starts making um, calls on how just something is in the way that the court system currently does, mm. And the court system, a lot of the time, is based on how the action has applied to the law and then the story that is told that makes you consider how the law should now apply mm. to the person in question. And there's like this idea that humans can justify, like almost any action can be justified. Not very often, but there's like always just one little this led to this led to this, and you're like, well, that's not good enough, but I would have done the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dude came up and started talking to me at the server yesterday when I was fueling up the whole yeah. thing. It's not infrequent. They're like old men who yeah. come up and yeah. want to relive their youth. Um, it's the same for me. I mean, oh, yeah. probably didn't ever know. No, no, no. Well, I mean, is it like, you know. Petrol heads versus like nature lovers. <laughs> but yeah, often like, and they're just like, I wish I never sold it. Do you get that story? Yeah, well, yeah. but then I love them telling me this shit, forming a, a bond, and then eventually they ask me what I do. And it's about the language that I choose. It's like a reveal. And here's the big reveal. Yeah. And the language that I choose, if it's somebody who's been speaking to me about, like if they've placed themselves already as having an understanding of salary work or an understanding of contract work or an understanding of uh, academic system, changes my language about how I tell them, even though I'm telling them the same information. Yeah. It's like, old oh, mate, yesterday, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a contractor. Sometimes <laughs> dance companies need a dance piece made, and so they contract me in, they say, here's the dancers make this no, piece. No, I want one. I want one. I want a flowing one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can I Sorry. 
What do you say? When people come out and talk to you about it. Oh, yeah, it's more than I do. I drive the combi. Oh, yeah. I'm a bit scared. The gearbox is a bit dodge, and yeah. I'm not great. It's so good. <laughs> when I was, I've been sporadically practicing how to drive a road train, and <laughs> just because it's a skill, like it's a have access to the equipment and the skills. Even though I don't have a need to learn the skill. Yeah, yeah, it's right there. Who wouldn't want to? Yeah, and so <laughs> I was up there and I was like, gear, gear, gear. And um, the language that my brother was using to talk to me about knowing and understanding the gearbox is exactly the same as someone like Ryan Newton talking me through a improvisation exercise based yeah, on sensory well. perception. You got to listen, you got to feel it, you have to let it make the decision. And then you have to, like, what you're doing needs to translate in response to where it is at so that there's this communication. Yeah, that's awesome. And it, you're basically partnering. You're partnering, uh, like, 50-metre road train. Okay. There's also going to be the feeling of, like, depending on the trailers on the back, too. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Heavy they are, like, it would be so sensitive. All of that thing, which makes me... That's cool. And then the language that I have to build on that is this language of kinesiology, of the expansion of your um, kinesphere. Or like your proprioception, uh, and that your proprioception needs to expand and turn into this rectangle that is articulate. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. That's cool. Is it the same for like um, like machinery? You know, when you're doing the oh, like back or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did have to drive the backhoe last week. That was that's um. with that is that you recontextualize the sneeze or the no, your <laughs> thing I mean this is the thing with um, as you would know for typing on keyboards that are of different countries hmm. shit moves around and your muscle memory is different I want, I want some more too please please yeah keyboard so when you're on the on the back for example, your right hand moving in towards your body is not that anymore. It's a, a bucket tilt. Yeah. It's like um, that recalibration that happens. I want more. When, when you're working you with them. Um, no. Uh, I think you do. No. I didn't. No. Okay, but you got kind of the wiggles on. Mock. What do you say? It's just the same as when you're working with live projection or mirrors or whatever and you need to recalibrate the action, like your desire to the outcome. Mm. So if you're reversing, then you know that hand down is going to take your bum left, not your front left. Shit like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you learn that, and then when you're in that context, you. What do they call it? And How long does that take, do you reckon? Like, from the first moment of getting ages. Ages. This is what I know about dancers that can, that can switch um, styles mm. is that it takes, I'm sure it takes a while, but when you 
know how to switch, just switch. switch. Yeah. It's not about a, um, a meeting or a, yeah. a fusion. That's actually bullshit. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a versatile dancer, you switch. Yeah. Whereas if you're like, like me, specialised in one very broad thing, <laughs> then you do what you do and it is almost close to a lot of different things. <laughs> That's yeah. what I find. Anyway. Yeah. They call it something in, in Philippines, code switch, and people will be speaking Tagalog and then switch to English and then yeah. back to Tagalog yeah. just to fill in words. Yeah. Um, or Taglish. When I went to the ATM, there was either English or Taglish. Yeah. And that was it. But the rules are totally different about where you push it. So it's not just like yeah. a direct substitution. Yeah. And apparently, yeah, so apparently it's very hard, which I believe. Mm-hmm. But it is once you know it, then it's... Yeah, but you're not, yeah. it's not like um, in Japanese how they just take the word for laptop, laptop, and then just put it in their structure. Yeah. It's actually, they switch to English with all the rules for like three words of a sentence and then switch back to do that. Do you find that code switching though when you're, I just remember that being in that bowls club, watching you do your solo thing, there's like this calibration phase where there's a listening so that there's a generation, but then once something is generated here, you're listening to this as well. Yeah. And then you kind of, are you trying to hold both or are you like switching away and then it's been coming uh, from what's generating in you? Where, it's probably all of the above. <laughs> but at the same time? But the, no, but we're trying to tune in. Yeah. And when it's at its best, I call, call it, to some people we'll just call it the meditation because that's kind of what it is for us, but also this idea of tuning. Because we, the, how we got to that was, and it's something I'm kind of working with a lot, is um, this question that Benoit Deschamps put to me oh, last, yeah. last year. When I, him. I love him. Um, I guess the shaman then. Yeah. Um, what can first music or dance? Mm. And, I, you know, because you always go, oh, music, you know, you always think. But in order to make music, to even sing, your body has mm. to move. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there has to be a generation of desire yeah. for that thing mm. that will cause the pleasure and the desire for more of that thing. But a vibration needs to happen before the movement. Yeah. Is vibration movement yes. or sound? Yes. <laughs> so that was kind of in that whole piece that we sort of sit in that, particularly the second half Damn, of that work. that's sexy. So we, that's, we're trying... And when we we act, we actually came out of the like we did yoga and then meditated and then they just got up and like oh I have to play <laughs> and we just did it. Yeah. That's how we made that thing, and it is really about just tuning. But I do think, and that's the the kind of game of you know the old playing tennis on the left side of the right side of it. Opposite side than you should. You know, like it's that you have to almost trick yourself that you're doing something else to be able to do the thing. Like in meditation, you concentrate on your breath. It's actually nothing to do with that. 
but it's just like a task to allow something else to channel yeah. through, mm. which is an ongoing mm. thing that you can't really ever perfect. I wonder if we're moving more towards that as a as a community and society where. The, where there is an awareness that the thing that you're doing is arbitrary and it is there to facilitate this other thing that can only happen because of this arbitrary bullshit thing. And I wonder, just because someone was talking to me about people used to buy a house to live in and now people are like trying to fill out their investment portfolio and that double think of use value versus exchange value and I think about that in relationship to building the Mustang. Like, yeah, I'm interested in the feeling of going fast or whatever, or the sound or the vibration. Yeah. But I'm not interested in like having greasy hands. But I am interested in the elation that comes after you work something out. Yeah. But after not... the frustration of <laughs> not working out. Yes. Uh, yes. But I'm not interested to read a book or train or study if this thing because I'm not inherently interested, but I am interested in the people that it has forced me to have relationships with ongoing because I have a lack of knowledge and they have knowledge. Mm. It's like this dude called Dennis who I've never speak to for any other reason, but he helped me out once when I was stuck and my dizzy went, which I learned later was the distributor. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was thinking you meant like you got dizzy. Oh, that's cool. Like you're dizzy, man. That's some kind of so now, word I haven't caught up with in parenting mode. <laughs> no, okay. When I, call, when I call Dennis, who works at Jimmy's Breaks, because his dad's name's Jimmy, um, I'm like, Dennis is Matt with the Mustang. And then we have a discussion. And if I go in and pay for something, you do. You always do those t- chats like, what's going on in your life while you wait for the F-Boss to go through? You're like, I'm just about to premiere a dance piece. It's about bringing people together. <laughs> like, great. And then people want to add. And then so you get, then all these people get, yeah, I don't know. It's that, but I feel that way also about new music. Like uh, even Triple J slogan, we love new music. It happens in between like every five songs. All of that vibration of music, I think, is really just to facilitate the, that like endorphin release of newness, like novelty and familiarity that makes us want to be together and just want to be with our bodies that you don't get when you yeah. In daily life. Yeah. It's a, like that idea of like finding newness is interesting. With when you're four years old. Well, yeah, yeah. Three. Like, you know, six. We all have, you know, that that kind of like excitement, nervousness, and it's a real the choice between the two, and mm. you know, we all deal with it differently mm. and concerning different things and yeah really trying to go ah oh, my body feels like this mm. and like we're learning like we're sound like ah oh. it's also how I choose to interpret for him what his body's feeling so is that nervous if I say are you nervous or lots of 
parents are here now say, oh, you're a bit anxious. Oh. Um, not his age, but a bit older. But that, like, excitement mm. and nervousness are yeah. on a nice edge. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, just... That's how I feel when I'm side stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get, I get super, like... I started thinking I wouldn't perform anymore because I got up to, like, quite crippling nervousness. Is that why your eyes are wide? That's why my eyes are, like, fully on me right now. <laughs> <laughs> recalling the trauma. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened. But, um... I don't know if that's just going, like, when you really stepping more in, more in, you're just more aware of what's going on, or if I just had too many coffees, that could be a day. You can, yeah, apparently they've narrowed down to like a milligram dose of caffeine that clicks you over into anxiety, depending on your... Yeah, well, I stop drinking coffee these days because... I feel like my body's done this whole thing since having Sam. I feel like, oh, well, there's people just talking about the child. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't mean to. It, it, I just know that things really changed for me, my interests, mm. my, uh, how I relate to my own body, and all of that really changed from my 40-hour labour. So, and I'm that, and I feel like my understanding of my body is very different yeah. now, so. Excellent. Let's do the poo. Don't take headphones off. Yeah. Is there something that you're thinking about that you haven't gotten a chance to work on yet? I have so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like doing depthless was with Ben at the beginning of the year. But before that, you know, I had three years kind of, you know, making other stuff. But, um, yeah, there's still more in there. Just juggling time between two artist parents and a child that doesn't get daycare. It's like, but it's there. Mm. Well, and I think it's because, like, there's the stuff that I do with the farm and with those guys, which sort of sits in this sort of, well, it's collaborating too, so. You can never hold something. It's yeah. you've got to be willing to. Yeah. Uh, you all hold it, but you all. Yeah, and I don't think uh, I actually don't think you ever hold it. And as soon no. as you try and hold onto yeah. it, it disappears on yeah. you. It is its own thing that you're just sort of feeding. Yeah. But the relationship, when you're the only thing feeding it, compared to mm. lots of things feeding it, you don't know. You know, and they all have their different relationships to it. It's it's, it's different. And, and I do think, like, I've had this other, something that's a bit separate to that work mm. that I'm interested in, which is slowly burning in my mind and in my, my body. Oh, it's so wonky. Um, in my mind and my body, darling. 
But, yeah, just, it all happens and happens, I guess. Mm. Yeah. I think it's going down that, that path of, like, that Ben and I start working on this sort of, like, vibration and um, tuning and this kind of body that holds yeah. stuff, lots of stuff. Because I'm looking at this picture of Freiburg. It's not Freiburg, but it looks exactly like that would be the house we live in. Josh said it too. So it's said that was a playground, but with the church and everything, it's like super weird to look at it. <laughs> but I remember um, one of our friends who had a friend, and his grandfather was in the Stasi. Wow. Or was he in I think so. And like, she was talking about how it's in, inherited in your body, the trauma, mm. as we all do, and, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, you sure. know, that what's been passed down, and it's yeah, genetics. Seven, gener- seven eight generations, they say, for it to eradicate. Wow. So any trauma. <laughs> Yeah, I did Which I find really interesting. read about a whole generation of Polish children that are much smaller because the, there was a famine in Poland during their gestation. Yeah. And then that's carried on to their children yeah. as well. Yeah. But the physical, Why? but the emotional. Yeah, right. As well. I don't know what... <clears throat> my uh, relationship with physical and emotional is that... It, we're a big bag of chemicals mm-hmm. and that your emotions have a chemical basis mm. and or every chemical in your body affects the way that your body is and grows and re- reproduces itself and yeah. the way that you feel about it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> about it. Yeah, the way, yeah, feelings and thoughts. And Do my chemicals. Yes, tell me about your chemicals. Do my chemicals. <laughs> this chemistry, yes. With your chemicals, like... I don't know that, but... I don't know that on, like, a chemical pheromone level. But I do... Yes, but I think vibes are picked up in as much as... Maybe I'm extending the sympathetic nervous system to another body, mm-hmm. and that my breathing will adapt rate will adapt to the breathing rate of others around me. I definitely find that with my dad, his he'll take a breath in and hold it, and let it out again and hold it, and I have been lucky enough <laughs> to have to be in work situations where it is my job to breathe better. Otherwise, I would have dismissed it, probably. Yeah, you wouldn't even necessarily have noticed. No. Yeah. I have bad breathing habits in my family, too. I know exactly what you're talking about. What's that about? And as men get older, you hear them breathing louder as well, even as you say... It makes that breath. Just... You know? Tension. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, but is it his tension or is it passed down tension? Like cont- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's well, it's also the addiction of the environment that you 
field that you thrive in because you're stimulated by and so you continue to put yourself in it yeah. even if it's not I put stimulation <laughs> yes it's not stimulation yeah 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 stimulation is actually a, a neutral yeah and it's up to us to decide whether the stimulation will have will kill us slowly or quickly yeah. <laughs> but then I, I think that about this last dance piece that I worked on um, was pretty much about setting a framework of rules so that the right stimulation appears, so that the dancing can happen, so that we all feel like we're together. Mm. And I, if I don't feel like dancing, I'm not going to start dancing. What I'll do is think about the stimulants I need. And if that is uh, physical affection or music or uh, sexual attention or like whatever that is if that's like flirting with the person I buy my coffee off because he's got a nice top bun or whatever and I'm like hey top bun <laughs> is that what they call it um. whoever it is it's like that I know that that is a stimulant to release something in my body that then makes my body want to be in the world in a different way. And so one way is just to like slam on that door before you even have the desire and barrage through. And the other way is to what you say, like trick yourself so that you can do, so that the thing can be released. Yeah, and well, I think that's interesting because you're talking about an outside in stimulation. Only in as much as... Do you have an inside one? That's yeah, inside yes, definitely. <laughs> Do you have an internal stimulation? Yeah, but I think our internal stimulation is like our internal voice or something, and that's affected by our chemical balance. So and that's what do you mean? When you talk to yourself, your internal monologue. Uh-huh. Not something... You don't have an internal gut monologue? Do you think you have a gut monologue? Yeah, yeah yes, like definitely. You have but I think... I'm pretty words in your mouth. That's what I think. <laughs> well, so like people who wake up naturally, their, their body's like, the circadian rhythm has said, enough sleep, or this is the amount, this is the time you need to wake up even if you haven't had enough sleep. And so it starts adjusting your melatonin and adrenaline levels. Yeah. Um, which is fine when you're not caffeine addicted but when you are like even though you can't sleep anymore you're not awake yet because of that little bit of adrenaline mm. isn't the kick that you usually have uh, so in that regard definitely there's a whole bunch of regulatory systems going on that I don't try and control but at the same time I know that if I have to get through an extremely hard performance and I don't have the self discipline talk <laughs> to keep going when the rest of my muscles and body is yeah. saying stop, then it's actually really easy just to jack up on like caffeine in, in a powdered form of like a bodybuilder's pre-workout or something. And then that caffeine releases all this other shit in your body and then you do it without the suffering. Mm. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, because I know even the, like the meditation thing is about the internal generation. Mm. But I but just don't believe that anything is separate. No, no, it's just it's, it's probably just how you view it, which is about what I'm saying. Which is what we are.
just had to put in my own words so I get it. Oh. Yeah, I had to do that with this old bloke that was trying to explain to me how an electronic relay worked. I'm like, okay, I'm going to say back to you what I think you just said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then even before... In statement form. Yeah. In statement form with, like, inflections. Yeah. Sometimes I forget to inflect. But that's okay. There's that's... enough unneeded inflection in Australia. <laughs> yeah. For you to balance it out. Yeah. I, I have a tendency of just, like, making a statement and saying, or, at the end, particularly when I go back to uh, That's great. Like, what is... What is that? <laughs> it's good because it means then we all have something to work from rather than... Nothing being planted. Mm-hmm. But do you think you have an internal, internally like a spring, an internal generating spring, like mineral water spring that shit comes from? Uh, I don't think it's a mineral water spring. <laughs> no. It's not AVR? But I think if you go, I'm going to sound really like a bit esoteric here or wanky or maybe all of the above, but. I think if you go far enough in, yes. you become super expansive, and it's in that expansiveness oh, that yeah. then I can channel mm. uh, yeah. some other, you know, every possibility. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I do think in the body is every possibility. So if I tune in enough and distract my brain enough, yeah, um, I can allow the body. The, the body. No, no, no. Like the gut intuition. But like. To have its own voice, or the self that is beyond the ego. My relationship with it is the mind. Um, two, one more two. Yeah. Two. One more two. <laughs> <laughs> Not too many. Just one more two. One two. One two. <laughs> okay. Two more, and then we're done. Okay. Names are they like prehistoric birds? Oh, with feathers, not like with. I'm going to get that. Lightning McQueen. Yeah, mate. Yeah, thank you. Ah, oh. Major, lightning. Can you eat some more, please? Sam? Hey, Sam. Woo! I understand it that the the mind maintains this ego as a self identity, and its job is to keep the physical apparatus that carries our awareness of the world to keep it safe, so we can perpetuate more milk. Yeah, good one. I like the idea that you reminded me of of tricking yourself to the place that you want to be at so that you can then, so that the thing can happen. Because this, if I take the, like, the biology stance that this is not a single organism but many organisms that have learned to coexist for their, their own benefit, um, then of course there'll be your will to like generate this moment of experience 
but that's going to cost like for our viewers or whatever, even for you just to do as a practice, but that's going to cost you energy and it's going to cost you like lactic acid the next day. And so all these systems in your physical self and maybe even in your mental judgment of whether that's a worthy expenditure of energy, I'm telling you that it's not. And it's like, which systems of self-preservation do you distract? so that you can serve the other systems of nourishment that don't get serviced in daily pedestrian Yeah. Or, that's why I like doing a cake where or, make the statement and then yeah. realize it was a question. Yeah. Because that seems like that's your whole thing with Deathless is like, these systems Mama. need to be. Wait, oh. I can sleep. I bet I'm not equally. He's like, thanks, Matt. Hey, Matt. We're going to find a dead. For what? Just be helpful, kind. You know, like the sheep. You know, angry. Bear. Anyway, <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> Questions about um, how do you know which systems to distract so that you can engage the other system so that you can reach what depthless requires. Mm. Depthless. <laughs> Man, you know what the meaning is? No. Deeper than deep. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a retainers, but then like, yeah, deeper than deep. That's wicked. It is a real word too. Yeah. I didn't think it was. But it is a real word. Yeah. Side note. Um I think it's also just in, I guess, in life a bit too. Of like, there's so much to distract you or fear. Yes, <laughs> Jesus. Like, you know, like it's you know, you're told to be like, oh, I gotta worry about that, I gotta worry about that, or I gotta do that. You know, you just have to choose a course. Which I, I find choice really difficult. Mm. I could like be that person that could walk into the shop and there's only one brand of everything and I would be happy and like a uniform, yep and like just get rid of some of my choices so that I'm not wasting myself on that stuff uh, yeah I don't know if that's I don't know why I went on that tangent. It doesn't matter, don't judge it. Don't judge it. Don't judge it yet. Yeah. But in terms of like choosing how to distract. Yeah, because a lot of like a lot of laziness is actually a survival mechanism mm. saying you've got this amount of calories to spend. Spend them well. Don't be an idiot. Don't. Um, so and so that makes total sense. Why your body would be like, ah, I'm not being chased. Yeah, totally. Well, and it's also that our society's thing of like the quest for comfort. Oh, yeah. Like I find I have to constantly. What do I do? <laughs> like the laziest person ever. 
Um, so survivable then. <laughs> yeah, I call it this sort of pudding, 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 just like pudding out, being a pudding. A pudding. A pudding. Just sort of like, uh, <laughs> like something you eat, you know, like pudding. Yeah, it's just like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I got distracted by it. I just saw that Christmas pudding. Comfort. Comfort. Yeah. Yeah, we're all sort of chasing that place to be comfortable. And yeah. like you said, you know, when we were talking about like fixing the car and like how good it feels. The and the reason it feels good is because it's freaking hard before yeah. and really frustrating and you want to throw the thing yeah. out the window. And it makes every other sense in the world to have just paid somebody who knows how to do it to do it for you because if you factored in your time because you don't know the skill yeah then you've paid more financially but then that's not the point in as much as if you like paid somebody else to do a watercolor painting for you mm. Mm. that's what we do all the time all the time too, you know, like, yeah yeah well, that's a form of comfort. Like, I would have to go too far from my comfort spot to do that thing. So can you do that thing for me and bring it back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have it from when we're little, too. I think, yeah, there's this, like... It's almost like a form of self-medication, right? I think about that. Like, if I, if I can sense that I'm on the edge of some kind of negative spiral or anxious mode or whatever, I know that one of the cheapest, easiest things I can do is either call someone and then have to engage and then meet them where they're at, or, because sometimes they're not available, actually just watch some stand-up comedy. Yeah. And then they have short-circuited me into laughing. My body laughs, it gives out all the good yeah. feels, and then I feel good. Yeah. And it's that kind of thing of like, oh, am I numbing? Yeah, or am yeah. I shifting my state? Yeah, am I using the tools that are available to me that were not available to the mm. monks or whatever? Mm. Like they had to find the laughter in the candle. But. Yeah, I, I question that a lot too. Mm. Like, what is what is avoidance, avoidance and numbing, and yeah, what is yeah. you know? Because you also have to like uh, go in. Yes. Uh, yeah. But. I either have a tendency to just be like, hell no, or like then like too far wallowing in like a pelican in oil, just like what? <laughs> <laughs> so then have a neck. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Hold on. <laughs> yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah, I think avoidance is pretty massive. I sometimes wonder if dancing is an avoidance or if it's an action. I, I believe that it's an action. Because it facilitates intelligent consideration of the physical world that we all still live in, even though it's easy to forget that we do, and of the physical body, and of chemicals, and of um, mortality, and of a moment. Actually, it forces a moment. And it's really, it, but the it, moment isn't physical. The moment is yeah. Not. Somehow the it, yeah the it's moment's experiential. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what I think is really beautiful about 
that is, and I, I get like, often I find like, oh, so it's an academic, and you can talk about the body in one certain way. Yes. And it's life as well, like, yes. and more and more we go that way. Yeah, but there's this whole other, because it's easy, there's easy language around, well, not easy language, but. Yes, yeah, simple or something, like straightforward. Yeah, there's a instruction manual. Kind of yes, there's rails. Yeah, <laughs> whereas this other thing, you're like, mm -hmm. Yeah, but you do know. Like yeah. You know that you know. But for me, when I say it to you, uh, do you, am I, is, are my words saying the right thing to you for, to, to evoke the same meaning for no. you? Because no, because if I say, if I say tree, I picture a certain type of tree. If you say that tree, you picture something else. So when it comes to my feelings, it's just how my mother used to explain my feelings or my father or my people around me to explain my feelings to or how that's developed into my friends now. Like, you know, morphing and it's like, oh, what is that? There's that concreteness of the body and the chemicals and all of that. Yeah. And then there's the non-concrete and that's... Yeah, which is the narrative, which yeah. is the story, which is the relationship with self. What's even that? Or, yeah, and, and the lack of a better word, the energy. <laughs> no, energy is the right word because that's like, at every explosion of human. <laughs> the energy. Yeah. At every explosion of human population on Earth, there's been a massive amount of energy open up to us. So like when we got fire, we started being able to cook food. Yeah. That's a massive energy explosion. And then again with steam, there was more energy to move shit around. And then again with electricity is energy again. So like at each point of this is actually just more energy. Mm. Um, so it makes sense to me that things are understood as, as, as esoteric as energy and as baseline numerical as energy which is kilojoules which is um, horsepower which is candle yeah. lumens yeah. yeah because that is what it takes which which says that the the, the physical experience is also Experience, if it's energetically based um, and affected, is also subject to the same entropy that all things in the universe are subject to, which is like things generate and then dissipate and then run down and then break. <laughs> still been chasing that thing that you said that there's a moment because I felt the same moment that I clicked. Uh. 
and I was finally doing the thing that I had given myself the task to do. Yeah. But that's just a... Skill. That was you just started playing tennis on the outside of your brain then. Maybe. Alright. Oh, that's, that's what I would call that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And if I was skillful enough to improvise, I would know how to switch to that at the point that the choreographer, who happened to also be me, <laughs> has asked it to happen. I think that's where craft versus art happens, is when you're like skilled enough to turn it on. That's a lot of training, though. Yeah. Like, like... I'll just outsource it to someone else. Yeah, Yeah. I, I mean, like, just as in... Weirdly, when we did that, I went, ah, oh, there's actually uh, something similar that we're working mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Like, I would call your channeling. Mm. Like this, you're, you're opening yourself to all the possibilities that are filtered through, yeah. which is exactly what I'm doing with Ben yeah. in a less formed way. Yeah, well, we're contextualizing it differently because we want people to see it differently, mm. even if we're on the same aspirations. Mm. But it was almost like how you were just talking about before, and you were talking about outside mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. in, and that's because. From what I understood, that's where you're working from is all these yeah, that styles in. around you is coming in and mine's yeah. going from the inside out. Mm. But in, in a similar... Yeah, I just thought it was, it was interesting and if you've gone any further with it. I, yeah, I thought I was going to go further with it when I started the I Learned My Cultural Dance from YouTube. Mm. But that project and needed to be different than what I started it to be. Um, But I think I may go further with it, but I don't... How cerebral is your process about that? Did I learn my culture now from YouTube? No, I get one. The... What was it called? I don't know. I don't know. I got shaking groove thing in my head. And that song, shake your groove. Did you use that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. I used a song called Technique. Yeah, right. Um, uh, yeah, it's not so... I wouldn't say that it's cerebral. It's to the point where the instructions need to be clear to the different roles. So there could possibly be three different... There could be the artist or choreographer as one person and there could be the audience as another body of people mm-hmm. and there could be the person doing the dancing or the task. And I want to watch that. I want to Yeah, I'll bring them up. And for the system to work, the information that's going to all these people, the task, needs to be different. So the choreographer has the desire for what they are doing as some kind of cultural agent by making work, and then they need to frame it for the audience by either a title or a tagline, so that they can make the audience sensitive to something. And then the dancer or the person enacting the task needs to be told their instructions relevant to them so that what comes out of their body has the 
has the aesthetics and energy and desire and focus that the choreographer hopes will problematize the topic for the audience. Okay. Which simply, like... <laughs> Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. I was just like, uh, yeah. So simply, the dancer just needed to... The dancers... I like how you're referring yourself as one. Yeah, yeah, if I had a company, I'd do that. The dancer's job is to listen to the music until they are driven to dance. They need to wait for and need to dance. Mm-hmm. And when they recognise a dance that they're doing... As soon as they recognise anything, then change. That's the dancer's job. Yeah. The audience doesn't know that. What the audience needs to know is that the dancer's going to dance for pleasure. Okay. And they're going to dance whatever dance feels really good. Yeah. And the audience should see that in the way that the dancer dances. They should see that pleasure. They should feel it. They should feel that pleasure and enjoyment. But the choreographer chooses the dancer who has a um, what's the word like sporadic or dichotomous or diasporic like spread of influences in their self-identity and physical embodiment so that shit will come out that they do not own and they do not have claim to mm-hmm. but is still pleasurable for them to do because that's what the choreographer wants the audience to see in the context of just someone having a groove and feeling good. But the someone having a groove and feeling good needs to be so skilled and so exposed that the shit that they come out with is, in any other context, problematic, like instantly problematic, but with a but. And then the audience is left with that issue because I think most of us learn what responses we're supposed to instantly have. Mm. And if there's not an extenuating circumstance, we'll stay on that train. Mm. Um, And that's why it's so exciting to find out about facts where things are left out of the story because it makes the story less clear and less it's less possible to get like in a riotous mob if the story is nuanced and complex, which is always is. Mm. <clears throat> but that's just a question. That's like the only way for me to not start because I don't want. I know when mm, my relationship with words is that they are built upon argument logic and rationale logic, mm. which states that there will be a right and there will be a wrong, and you can and it is reductive. And the thing about sharing a a moment that happens through a dancing physical body is that I think it is generative and expanding of whatever is otherwise being discussed because everything is always many, many things. And what I want is the people standing next to each other in the audience to see different things and to feel different ways about them but the same thing has happened for the dancer because the dancer's mission has been stated to the audience. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I want them to realise their own biases within their own uh, righteous politics. Like that it's... Mom, 
issue that you've taken, which is that body wanted to do that thing for its own pleasure. Yeah. That's what I'm interested about that. But I don't, I don't know. I, there's this series called Happy Hour that happens in Sydney. It happens four times a year, sometimes at Ready Made and sometimes at Critical Path. And it's showings of works that are not yet on stage, I guess. Um, and Linda Luke is one of the people that's running that, and she asked me to present something on the 4th of November. And so I told her about this project. But I don't yet know how this then becomes something that is more than what it already is. I don't think it's, it's an experiment. This so far is an experiment. Yeah. I think there's something in how we have the bodies that it isn't in this like because even like you had us we were sitting first and then we yeah, stood. stood around, yeah. Well, it's a very different experience. Talking right? to the thing that I did recently, with that the audience stood around us in a circle because we were going through rules of finding the joy of dancing mm. and finding togetherness. Because you, it's different. You know, you view it very differently. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then we're down the thing. Because that's probably enough. It's like a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Thinks he's getting away. I think um, ultimately an analogy is just never the thing. And when you're speaking about something that is not language based, then it's always an, a, a, an analogy, an approximation, or a description of. Yeah, a description of something that you don't yet know what it is. <laughs> Which is where you want to be. If I, I, well, for me anyway. Like, if you know it, you then you're done. Yeah, if you know yeah, it, you're done, you're moving so on. Which is, I have been told. Oh, I thought we should be happy. <laughs> cool. There's um, this theory called explore versus exploit. And there's like a time of exploration and then there's a time where you should flick over into then exploiting the knowledge that you've learned or the people you, the contacts you've made or the skills or whatever. And um, I think we somehow are constantly stuck in this exploring and exploiting because what we want to do is exploit the skills and sensitivities that we have, exploring the thing that we don't yet grasp, yeah. 
properly, which I think is why the Bloods Project came about for me, because I couldn't grasp the embodied performance of masculinity within Australia. Yeah. And so started learning some of it and hanging out with people and then noticing my body doing the thing that their body does because I had spent a day doing what their body does, my body doing what their yeah. body does, and then realising that, of course, you put your knuckles down on your leg because you've got grease and dirt on your <laughs> palms. Yeah. And you don't want to put it on your clothes. Or, um, yeah, just shit like that, which it makes me laugh that that embodiment has become a trademark and learned now for people who are not even in those roles anymore. Yeah. That the, the embodied, that kind of embodiment is embedded within a culture and an identity rather than a use case scenario. Mm. And then you've got project managers whose hands never get dirty because they're actually just on their phone, um, but still have these physicalities because that's what they learnt and then also what will be will give the like oh you're one of us tribal signifiers yeah when they're on site which is the same as like when you buy one of those backpacks apparently it's quite shameful to have a really shiny brand new clean one and if you buy it new like in Sweden you've got to dirty it up a bit yeah right because it's supposed to be just this thing that you that everybody has yeah <laughs> <laughs> even how to purchase so. yeah we yeah. shit like that yeah. Yeah, when it sits really square. <laughs> <laughs> but what is the... Oh, no, you go. No, you go. I was just going to ask what the thing is that you're... that you haven't yet worked out. <laughs> just that one thing. Just that one! Because <laughs> I know it's hard, you know, it's hard to find anything that's not sorted yet. Yeah. For yourself. <laughs> <laughs> You mean in life, or...? Uh, I think that there are questions that we are satisfied with an answer that somebody else tells us, and then there are questions that we're only satisfied with experience. Mm. And then in that experience realm, there are questions which will only be satisfied through application of our skill set, which is discourse and embodiment and mm. embedding within a community or comfort zone other than our own uh, and then we apply that skill set and expose our sensitivities to that and get changed by it because I think I have come up with the theory and I don't know whether I agree with it that uh, understanding necessitates at least a momentary agreeance to fully understand something, there needs to be at least a moment where you've passed through agreeing with that logic, even if you've come out the other side, even mm. if it's only been for a second. And that seems like the kind of understanding that also involves empathy. Mm. Yeah. And some shit you just can't understand if you get told and you to feel. I think empathy requires time mm. to... And like it can be a, a small moment. Mm. 
Yeah, you don't know what it's like to get hit in the face with a basketball until you've been hit in the face with a basketball. Yeah, yeah. not hit in the face with softball. Oh, yeah. Whoa. That's like, soft. No, I know. It grazed my cheek. That was an extra cheek. It was just like a... Like, you just feel mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was never good at catching things. <laughs> but maybe that also has like when you ask that question like oh, time mm. I think that's just in my daily life and time and then in that sense of being like and like aware of things like how am I here right now and how much of my mind is trying to take me into the future or into the past or into whatever or uh, and then just literally time because if we're rushing I have to find myself pushing like if I if I really look into my self and how I'm feeling like I'm mentally like trying to get things down or whatever but if I really look in I'm sitting yeah, for, forward. Like, forward of myself. Mm. So, oh, okay, sit back and like, oh, that's a really weird feeling. And I think a lot of people, a lot of the time, particularly when we interact with others these these days, and I sit here in, in Sydney, I love to, you know, and, and friends that I, I, I have, but I, I hardly see my friends who are from Sydney in Sydney, and I've seen them away. Like whether that be on the Gold Coast where everyone's just like, holiday time or, you know, on projects when you're mm. you're living together. And it's very different because you when you leave your the place where you work or live, there's all this other stuff around. And when you leave I think time gets where well, you kind of expand more. Mm. You know? Before time that you know, you're more open because there's new things whereas you, you shut down if you know things not means you that's how you process because yeah. everything I'm, most of the things I'm seeing now I'm not actually seeing my mind's just making it up so like I just find it I find yeah coming to to, to I yeah, my reaction, like relations with people, is quite different in in different environments. And and Sydney compared <laughs> to the Gulf Coast is is quite different yeah, in speed. You need to make that about like some Sydney Gulf Coast thing, but then yeah, but just I'm a slow burner mm. and. I like to take my time, which is just, yeah. And then with a kid, it's really hilarious because, you know, we can take an hour to walk 50 meters, which is just like awesome at times. And then like, I'm gonna rip my hair out at other times. And it's, and it's all like that. Perspective of how you're choosing to view, and it's when you're not. If I'm just chilling on his time, 
sheepdog-like to me, which is like, how can you whirl, whirl the team in towards a direction that when they get on a roll to that direction, then you're left behind because they're moving at a pace yeah. and they don't need you anymore. And that's what I hope for. Yeah. And you've never bulldozed because you've never had to touch anyone. You've never had to bite anybody. <laughs> and it's yeah. hope for something like that. Yeah. It's, it's right in that balance. Everything is, is always both, you know, because, like, I can just, like, take three hours to warm up, you know? <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, just drifting. And then, you know, you only book the studio for four hours. <laughs> or, like, that I... Yeah, balancing mm. that. Not bulldozing, but like, okay, like, actually... Yeah, well, that's why I'm into external stimulation. Yeah. Because I don't have to generate from my uh, egoic or conscious desire for future outcome. I don't have to generate the discipline to dance. All I need to do is know what sets me off. Yeah. I find if I, I, I think too much, yeah. I restrict myself, yeah. and I'm like, I'm not doing it right. <laughs> Whatever that is, that's like too many years of ballet coming out. you got to do it, do it right. I'm going to one first. Have you seen enough? I'm going to one this first. Okay, and then that's it. Okay? And then that's the door. Yeah. Absolutely. But... Even if, I mean, don't musicians do this all the time? Maybe less so now. They're like, you're going to get together to jam, and so you get high, so that you get out of your own way. Mm. It makes total sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't do it because of my family's history with shit like that. It would be a bad rabbit hole. But also because it would be unsafe physically. <laughs> Maybe not if you're soloing. Mm, yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah, people yeah, coming at definitely. you. Definitely. And so that's why it makes sense to me. Caffeine or sugar or taurine or whatever. Mm -hmm. That you just need to start it off. Yeah. Which is, I feel like we're all doing it. And then you just dose yourself down at night so you sleep. Isn't that mm -hmm. what everyone does? Mm -hmm. Adults the world over, like, pump themselves up. In the yeah, I guess you all do it in, in different ways. Like, I know, like, for depthless, that's for my... Well, since I've been doing a certain type of work, I can't have coffee anymore because 
I physically can't handle it in my body because, uh, yeah, there's this kind of point I reach where I can just feel it too much. Um, and, yeah, so for depthless, exactly the same as having, like, Gavin is like, give it a coffee! <laughs> that's, how, that's, like, how he works, you know, and yeah. for depthless, better than I'm like, it's just meditating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is in is it's the totally, same uh, like different, different way. way to balance your chemicals. But it's exactly the same way you want sugar or caffeine or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. And then you got about half an hour until it drifts <laughs> off. Maybe <laughs> if you have an hour, like like inverted uh, with crap meditation. <laughs> 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 when you just like mm. yeah. Yeah, it's funny when you ask, oh, well, what are you thinking about? It's like, oh, you know, what are you... I don't know, but I do. You know, there's lots of stuff in there, but I... I finding the words for it, I don't know if I want to. Mm. Because if I do that, I reduce it. Mm. Um, yes, words Because are I don't know the language around that enough. Mm. And I don't think it's not common language in where I am in my mind. Or, and then I limit it and it can sound. But there's also a comfortability. I just don't want to talk about it, you know? <laughs> That's what I was going to say, with knowing that when it comes it's out. One more. No, no, we said one more like five times. And then bam, you just do it. One more. Okay, first. All right. <laughs> um, I like to think about the words that I say around the things that I do as just a sign pointing mm. to the things that I do. Mm. It's hard because the sign looks like one of those hell shitty number four sale kind of like spray painted <laughs> on the yeah, back of some core flu or whatever, yeah. Uh, or I saw in, in the Philippines, I saw this excellent sign that said no, and then the number three, pass, as in no trespass, that I had never thought of before, but that really made my day. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> but it, but and of, like that, of course, is not the thing. But it stands for the thing in every context, in yeah. financial and academic and public publicity yeah. context and social context. Because I, I, I think maybe from a young age, I just, I, like words somehow absolute. And, yeah, and that's how I've always been like, how can you be? Like, I've always had that when someone's like, I'm this kind of person. And I'm like, how do you know that? <laughs> or like, but it's like, yeah, at that instant, they are, but not always. But, you know, as, as a child, I was like, wow, everyone's like, so... As a child, two weeks ago, <laughs> <laughs> yesterday, you know, like, oh, they're that, oh, yeah. they're that. And I'm like, I'm all over the shop, you know. And it was interesting to work. I 
guess it's that feeling when you've told someone that you love them so many times that it doesn't anymore say what you wanted to say. Because mm. that's all the word with feelings we have. Or you're just saying it because you do, but then the words are just replacing a deeper feeling that is there, but whether you're allowing that mm-hmm. to speak through your body. Which yeah. you do, Matt, when you like greet people and give them a hug. No, no, you definitely do. And then I often, I, I was thinking about it the other day, I was like, you know, because we're both like, oh, okay, what is this being state? Mm. And then when we're talking to each other, mm. are we in that same state as when we go, oh, hi, how are you? And you really take that moment to feel one another. And then when we're talking, sometimes you can get so like floating head. And I'm like, I'm, I'm talking to your head. <laughs> yeah, my, my construct of the world is engaged with your construct of the world. Yeah. But what about the rest of us? Yeah, what, uh, yeah, what yeah. else is talking? Maybe it's nice to think about, like, totally incorrect. All right, that's enough. Maybe it's nice to think about that when you embrace somebody, you are merging, like that, and that that sense of togetherness mm. has been physicalized. And the nice, it's nice to just make that analogous to a conversation that works as conversation should, should also work from the place that you have come to. trying to build on what you're saying rather than undermine it or distract from it Mm. as you are with me so the conversation can't happen solo just as the hug cannot happen solo Mm. and in that situation then I think words are fine but in say a debating sense of word being thrown at each other that seems counterproductive Mm because it says that a concept is owned by a voice and the other voices are at odds with that voice. Mm-hmm. The word reminder. The, the word reminder. Yeah. The I just, yeah, I wonder how we you can be in this and sit this practice. Um, I saw Eckhart Tolle at the beginning of the year. Tolle, oh, it's called Tolle. Anyway, I don't know what Joe is. Mm-hmm. Anywho, um, which is cool. <laughs> and I did this this um, physical workshop with Kim Ng, which is his partner. Which is really cool because she's, you know, because she's. I've used, you know, Eckhart Tolle. Oh, he writes books. Yeah, he's like a conscious yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. meditator. Blah, blah, blah. Um, really beautiful. Um, but he kind of sits down. He doesn't move his body. Oh. Um, 
and she is the opposite, and she, you know, it's all through this body of being. But she was talking about Eckhart, and she, you know, makes him much more of a man because a lot of people make him, you know, this sort of consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and she definitely makes him more the man. <laughs> and but she was saying about him, like, because he talks about, you know, this kind of to stay, to really listen mm-hmm. is about being in your own body and to be at the same time listening. And, you know, if people come up and say lots of things to him and then Kim will say, oh, what did they say? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> but in a way that it's like... Because he said, one of his lines, this is why I asked you, is, mm. is he uses that thing, words, these words that I'm writing yeah. are just signposts yeah. to what oh, really? is to the experience. Yeah. Um, References, hyperlinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to your own experience, you have to experience yeah. it. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, what is listening? What, what, what is that state? Because if you try really hard to listen, you're not listening at all. Or, or my brain is trying to grapple with what you're saying, but my brain isn't all of me. Because when I was in the middle of labor, I felt that conscious, that part, mm. go, you got this body. And literally step back. I know that. And then my body went, I know shit tongue on you do. <laughs> Boom. And it does. Mm. And it's like that intelligence where I go, Oh, how do I listen to what your body's telling me mm. right now and vice versa? I listen but not trying to intellectualize what Mm-hmm. You're saying. And I'm trying to define it so that you can understand. I'm watching. Yes. Yeah. I want to win my I trust that I'm not going to understand it now, but it'll come to me later, and that's okay. Yeah. Whereas, exactly. like, I need to understand it right now, or yeah, I need to. I need to give you some kind of. Uh, I need to feedback to you. Yeah, legitimise it through response. Yeah, and go. I understand because I want to make you feel comfortable. Yeah. Or, yeah. Mm. Huh. Probably. It's a good time. Good time, because Sammy's going to... Thanks, Kate. Go crazy. We did that. We did it.